Well, today we uh, want to continue actually uh, finishing up, Lord willing, uh, our statement of faith. And uh, we've landed on a very good place, and I actually uh, put two of them together because they're very much related uh, in uh, what they're trying to say. Yeah, there they are. Okay. And so uh, let me read them, and you can look at it up there if you can see it there. Okay. Messiah's community is a single community expressed in diverse forms within the Jewish community and among the nations. All are called to a dedicated life of worship, neighborly service, and public testimony to Yeshua. Unity and love throughout the entire community confirm Yeshua's role as the one sent by the Father and God's purpose in Messiah for Israel and the nations. Spiritual life is grounded in godly family units within relational within the relational framework of congregations, whereby persons are to be encouraged, trained, and disciplined. Families in Messianic Jewish congregations should be strengthened and established in their Jewish calling to covenant life. Messianic Jewish congregations are called to connect in Messianic Jewish associations where they will find mutual enrichment and accountability. Okay. So I'm just going to uh, talk a little bit about this, and uh, and we're really at a good time of year, actually, to uh, to talk about this. What this is really saying, when you look at it at the beginning, Messiah's community is a single community expressed in diverse forms within the Jewish community and among the nations. So that is another way of saying that we are one in Messiah, you know, Jews and Gentiles. Jews, you know, Israel and the nations, Jews and Gentiles. So, you know, we, uh, we often say uh, uh, how we are a unique congregation and uh, we are an ethnic Jewish congregation of believers in Yeshua, both Jew and Gentile, whoever comes. But our, our context, our uh, space, as we like to say, our atmosphere uh, is is Jewish, okay? Uh, and so we remind ourselves regularly, like I just did, like I just did, that we're part of the Jewish uh, community, right? Uh, and so uh, on our sign, it says, Am Yisrael Chai. Maybe you drove by and said, well, why are they putting that up in Hebrew? Not everybody knows Hebrew. But you know what? The people who need to see that sign know what it says, See, Am Yisrael Chai, right? People of Israel live. It's a song, it's a folk song, it's, it's like a common, very well-known phrase, right? And so the words uh, uh, symbolize Jewish identity uh, just by being in Hebrew, right? Uh, and we're saying that from the first person, you know, uh, people of Israel live, not, not you over there, uh, people of Israel live, and hey, we're all for you over there. You know, you know. No, it's it's being spoken uh, by us in the first person. Okay, so that's you know that's very important. But it is also very important that uh, we recognize that we are also part of the greater body of Messiah. 
community of uh, believers around the world, of every ethnic group and stripe that there is. Okay, those who embrace uh, Yeshua, the promised Messiah. Uh, and so what does that mean? All right, so it means, first of all, that we uh, are related together to the God of Israel. Now, there are some very important passages that oftentimes we'll turn to to say what they don't mean. <laughs> but we're actually going to look at one of them and, and really understand what it means uh, today. So let's turn to the book of Galatians. Okay, uh, in uh, Galatians, in chapter 3, in uh, verse... 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Messiah Yeshua. For all of you who were immersed, you know, the word you have baptized in most of your Bibles, this is simply not translated. You know, there's a lot of words in your English Bible. I, I can sense a little extra information here. You know, there's a lot of words in your English Bible that are translated in, in an English Bible only by tradition. You know that? So, baptize is one of them. For whatever reason, uh, originally, uh, this word, when English Bibles were first published, it wasn't translated. It was just transliterated, basically. Baptizo means immerse. Okay? But I, I, so when we see, when we see uh, baptized, we say immerse. Okay? So uh, for all of you who are immersed into Messiah, have been clothed yourselves with Messiah. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Messiah Yeshua. And if you belong to Messiah, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Okay? So, I, you know, what he's saying is, is that regardless of who you are, if you embrace the Messiah, you are an heir according to promise. That's who you are. You still have your personal identity. The people from Galatia were not now Judeans. Uh, the uh, uh, people who were from Europe were still European. Uh, the people from Asia were still from Asia. Uh, the people from Africa were still from Africa. Uh, but in Messiah, uh, there is this unity. There is this unity. And that is what was so scandalous about the statement, okay? Uh, to this very day. Uh, and so, uh, we are one in Messiah, and we need to remember that we are one in Messiah, so that when uh, we meet uh, someone from another culture who doesn't speak English or might have a different color skin, or have different traditions, but they embrace Messiah, we are one in Messiah. So according to the Bible, we should be able to have fellowship. We should be able to have fellowship together. We don't have to be the same. We don't have to even worship the same. We don't have to have the same uh, a culture. We don't have to have the same tradition. And believe it or not, on a number of things, on peripheral issues... You know, we can even get along and agree to disagree. And, uh, and that is when we see in our statement, Messiah's community is a single community expressed in diverse forms within the Jewish community and among the nations. 
So it's very interesting the way this is written. Diverse forms within the Jewish community. <laughs> you know, how many of you have been to more than one Messianic Jewish congregation? Right? Have any of them been alike? No. The answer is no. Right? I, they're overlaid with varieties of, varieties of styles of worship. Uh, even, uh, even one, even a sense of, um, worldview sometimes are uh, different. Uh, uh, and then, of course, among the nations. Now, it's interesting when it says among the nations. And this is something that I know we know, it's quite obvious to us, but we don't usually, uh, articulate it this way. How many of you have ever been to a church that identifies itself as a Gentile church? None of you. You know, how many of you have ever been to a church where uh, they're really big on bringing the good news to people and say, don't forget your Gentile friends and bring the message to a Gentile today? No. Okay? Now, when most people think of varieties of uh, communities of worship, whether we call, you know, uh, uh, spiritual communities, churches whatever terminology you want to use. Isn't it true that they're differentiated uh, sometimes by uh, denomination, a theology, something that their like, main thing is, uh, or by a style of worship, you know, y- y- you know, focusing on young people, older people, or something, uh, or sometimes by ethnicity, right? Right, okay. So there are all kinds of congregations. Now, the reason here in the Bible, uh, when we read about Jew and Gentile, uh, and you read uh, words like slave and free, at this point in the chronological history of the body of Messiah, there wasn't enough time for other differences to develop yet. And so these were the kinds of differences that there were. People who were slaves, people who were free. That was scandalous that, that free people, you know, in the Roman Empire, free people and slaves mingled together, worshiped together. You know, how could that be? Um, and also, there were many differences in the way people interacted with each other uh, regarding what men could do or what women uh, 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 could do or participate uh, in, right? In other places, it, uh, where a very similar phrase is used, it does speak about certain ethnic areas of, you know, or places in the world where, where people were, uh, were from. And so the point is, whatever, whatever the line of demarcation is, whether it's male, female, black, white, language differences, whatever it may be, we're one in Messiah. Uh, you know, back in uh, Acts chapter 2, the sign of the new covenant was people who could not understand each other understanding each other. Wasn't that interesting? It's quite clear. Even though they were Jews, they, they, were, of, they were diverse. Uh, and they came from different parts of Europe and Asia and, of, and what we would call today the Middle East. And they came because it was Shavuot, the Feast of Pentecost. And they spoke different languages but they could understand each other. That certainly was a sign of unity of people from different places coming together and that barriers that would usually keep us apart 
did, didn't keep people apart. See? So that's very important for us to understand. Uh, so we have to be balanced in our understanding when we talk about our relationship within the Jewish community and our relationship uh, in the Christian community or among believers in, in Messiah. Those relationships function differently because the relationship is, is a little, you know, on different levels, but still uh, it's important uh, for us uh, to, uh, to understand that. Uh, Messiah's community, a single community. Now, there's a little bit more to say about that. Some things that maybe uh, we are not always thinking about. Turn with me in the book of Acts, since I mentioned it, to uh, Acts chapter 17. There's something kind of interesting here. In Acts 17, this is the famous, it contains the famous speech that Paul gives in Athens. Athens was, um, I mean, if you're looking for a good corned beef sandwich, you probably wouldn't go to Athens. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, if you're looking for, a, you know, a, a Hamish uh, place to be, uh, Athens would not be it. All right, this was uh, not uh, really a Jewish place. All right? He said anachronistically uh, anyway. Okay. So uh, here is, now Paul comes to Athens because he's actually meeting up with some people. And he's like, it's like uh, in our world, it would be like saying, um, okay, I'll meet you uh, at the bus station uh, in Columbus, and then we'll go together. Well, then we'll take the bus together. And so you come to the bus station and you're waiting, and you're kind of like watching everybody walk by. And you're noticing, oh, there's all different kinds of people, you know? And, and so... Uh, then you uh, decide to speak up. So that's kind of what it says. It says here, uh, in verse 15 of Acts 17, Now those who conducted uh, Paul brought him as far as Athens, and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him, as soon as possible they departed. Now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he was beholding the city full of idols. So he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, or God-fearers, it really does, actually Gentiles is in italics in the English, which means in Greek it isn't there. And in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be present. And some of them were Epicureans and Stoic philosophers, and they were conversing with him. And some were saying, what would this idle babbler wish to say? Others, he seems to be a proclaimer of strange deities because he was preaching Yeshua and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the uh, Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is which you are proclaiming. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. We want to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the strangers visiting there used to spend their time in nothing else other than telling and hearing of something new. And Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. Always start with a compliment. Okay? For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you, pro you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all life and breath and all things. Okay, now, you can read the rest of this on your own. 
But there is something significant that he doesn't say. You know, if you're familiar with Acts 17, what does he not say? There's something important that he doesn't say. He talks about Yeshua. He talks about the resurrection. He talks about the God that made everything and so on, and that he can be revealed and they can know him. He doesn't mention Israel. He doesn't talk about the Jewish roots of the faith. He doesn't talk about Shabbat or Jewish holidays. He doesn't say anything in the text related to uh, Yeshua being the promised Messiah of Israel, uh, you know, uh, as, uh, as he uh, uh, speaks elsewhere. Okay? See, that's important. Why is that important? It's important because Paul's thought was not that these people need to become messianic, to use our terminology today, uh, or they need to come to Beth Messiah, uh, or uh, uh, they, uh, you know, they need this. They, he, what did he know? They needed Yeshua. They, they needed to know Messiah. They were pagans, and they needed to know Messiah. Okay? Uh, and the point is, for us, two things. One is uh, that uh, we need to view the outside world as, uh, when we have the opportunity to share the good news of Messiah, it doesn't necessarily mean that every person that uh, comes to faith in Yeshua needs uh, uh, to come to Beth Messiah or or to um, use messianic terminology or, uh, or any of that. Uh, uh, there are many uh, marvelous uh, uh, churches that teach the word of God and, and that are wonderful, you know? Uh, and so that's important because <clears throat> being unified doesn't mean that in every congregation... You have to have all kinds of people in order to be unified. For example, uh, while everyone is, should be welcome everywhere, does an African-American church need to have 50% white people in order to demonstrate that we love everybody? Does a Spanish-speaking church need to make sure that there are 50% English speakers so that we're not, we're not sensing like, uh, you know, um, uh, we don't like you or something. No. When we think more globally about unity, we recognize that one of the wonderful dynamics of, uh, of uh, spiritual unity is that groups of people, see, can be who they are, yet relate wonderfully with others. For example, you may not be aware of it, but for the last 23 and a half years, I have been teaching regularly uh, at a, uh, an African-American church. And some of you know uh, Jerry Fryer, right? Gospel Lighthouse. Good friends uh, of, uh, of ours. And uh, they uh, have been very supportive of some of the things that we do and uh, and certainly the Gospel Lighthouse School of Ministry is a, a wonderful uh, place, and I, I love uh, going uh, there and teaching, you know? Uh, but that doesn't mean now that, okay, uh, I need to become part of their community, or they need to start 
coming to Beth Messiah, or they need to say Yeshua instead of Jesus, or we need to say Jesus instead of Yeshua, or anything like that, you see? So the wonderful thing uh, about being in community is, is that we can be who we are, yet relate well to others. And that's why uh, we don't believe here in, uh, to use the uh, phrase, in church bashing. That's not us. You know, when people come to Beth Messiah, and the first thing they say is, well, you know, we have been to these churches, they're all pagan, and they all do this. Basically what I say is, you know, I'm not so sure this is the place for you. I've said that to people. Why? Because, you know, uh, you're going to find enough things wrong with us after a few weeks of bashing everybody else that you won't like it here either, you know? And that's the truth. We, you know, um, I, I won't mention his name, but I know very well the pastor uh, of the Lutheran Church right down the street uh, here, just on the other side of uh, Hamilton Road. Wonderful guy. I used to know, before he retired, uh, the pastor of the, uh, he used to have a different name, um, the church right down the street on the Hamilton Road there, just before Johnstown Road. Uh, I, certainly, uh, if you take Morris Road to the land of no return, you end up in Jersey, right? Uh, and I, uh, Jersey Baptist Church, very good friends of ours. You may not you know, be aware of that, but uh, Pastor John Hayes, very kind to us. Uh, and, you know, he has someone in his church that has, for the last, like, 10 years has been teaching a Sunday school class on the Jewish roots of Christianity. That's pretty good, you know? Uh, and I could go on and on. Uh, uh, on the west side, on the east side of Columbus, we have many friends uh, in, uh, in Columbus. It doesn't mean that we have to be them or they have to be us. But we're in fellowship uh, together. Christian Assembly, that's another one. You know, for many years, going all the way back uh, to the very beginning of basically Christian Assembly and Beth Messiah, approximately the same time in the 70s. So that's important for us to uh, know. And this is, a, uh, this is an important time of year for us to remember that. Because, boy, this is a time of year when ethnicity really comes out. Um, oh, there was one other real quick passage I wanted us to turn to in uh, Acts, just to get the point. If you go a couple of uh, chapters later in Acts 21, Acts chapter 21. Look at now, this is where Paul comes to Jerusalem, right? And remember that he became an apostle, uh, you know, uh, after it was in vogue, <laughs> You know, he was a little late, uh, right? You know, uh, the resurrection had already happened. It's already in the, in, you know, after Acts chapter 2 and all that. In fact, well, that's another story. Anyway, uh, so here now, Paul is coming to Jerusalem, and he's going to meet up with the apostles, and, and, you know, he's been getting a bad rap because he's, this Jewish guy has been going to the Gentiles, and they're hearing rumors that he's telling the Jewish believers not to be Jewish anymore. Doesn't that sound familiar? Right? In fact, he still suffers from that same uh, rumor. All right. Okay. So it says here, uh, And after he had greeted them, he began to relate one by one the things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. This is now in verse 20. 
And when they heard it, they began glorifying God. They said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. So what we see here is a wonderful illustration. Paul comes to Jerusalem, and so James, and he's telling about all the marvelous things that God is doing among the Gentiles. And they're glorifying God. They're saying that's good. And then James basically says, and let me tell you what God's doing among the Jews. And look at all the thousands. By the way, thousands. Don't, don't pass that word by. Anyway, among the Jews who are zealous for the Torah. That gives us a little window into how those early Jewish believers lived. But you'll notice that he's talking about Jewish believers. And nowhere in here is there this thing about, well, those Gentiles need to be like us or, or we need to be like them. No, see, that only came when lots of other people stuck their fingers in the pie <laughs> throughout history, okay? And so uh, it's important for us to understand that in the Bible, oftentimes, if not mostly, God sees us as part of communities and that our communities are like-minded and that different communities can be different. And, you know, various communities, various uh, congregations, whatever, can be different, yet we, it's important, not only it's good, it's important and vital that we have fellowship with one another. Because what I would say about our relationship, my relationship with uh, pastors in the city and our relationship with congregations in the city is that they need us and we need them to be whole. We need them and they need us. Isolation is never good, whether we're talking about individuals or a community. If you come across a body of Messiah that says, we are it, everyone else, everyone else is wrong, as Boaz, Michael said so well, except for the six people in my living room, everyone is wrong, you know? Uh, that's a telltale sign of uh, dysfunction. Very important, okay? So it doesn't mean we agree with everybody out there. But it does mean that we are one in Messiah and that we can participate together. But we are still us, and that's very important, okay? All right, and so, like I said, at this time of year, this is, uh, you know, this is uh, obviously uh, important. By the way, you know, of course, you know me, I could go on and on with these illustrations. You know, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, I'll just tell you, in Ephesians 1, you know where it says in verse 3, uh, you know, blessed be the Father of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And then he talks about redemption, and he talks about adoption, and he talks, you know, about forgiveness of sins. If you looked at that carefully, and you go down to verse 11 of chapter 1, he then is going to say, and you also. He's saying, this is what God has done among us. Us, 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 us. And then he says in verse 11, and you also. Now, in some of your commentaries, it's going to say, you means uh, the people in Ephesus. But you keep looking down and follow all those verses. And remember, there were no chapter divisions. And you go to verse 1 of chapter 2, he's going to say you again. And then he defines it, you who are Gentiles. So when he says God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, and so, he's this is a great testimony of the new covenant has come and there's a remnant of Israel who believes. But you also, in fact, I changed my mind. 
because this is really important. This is, how, this is when we say, how are we unified? I mean, really, mechanically or organically, how are we unified? Is it just a thought? Is it just a belief? No. Uh, this is actually important. Turn to, I'm, I'm glad you reminded me of that. Okay. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 11. And I'm glad I said this because it's not verse 11. Okay. It's verse 13. I always mix up threes and ones. I don't know why that is. Okay, verse 13 of Ephesians 1. It says here, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who was given as a pledge of our inheritance, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. So how are we related? We are related because the Ruach HaKodesh comes and indwells us. That's how we are organically related. Not just because I happen to believe the same thing that you happen to believe, and so we're unified. No. The Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, dwells within us all when we believe. There's only one God there's only one Lord, and therefore there's only one Ruach. The Ruach manifests the presence of Yeshua, the presence of God in our lives. And so we are organically related. It's like part of us is in, part of me is in you, and part of you is in me, and part of me is in that guy down the street because he, he or she embraces the Messiah. And so <clears throat> what keeps us, by the way, in Messiah is a spiritual transaction that has taken place. We are, quote-unquote, saved, not because we have assented to a particular belief, but because God has injected himself into our lives. It's kind of like the other way. <laughs> the river flows the other way. He has entered us. And that's why it says in Romans chapter 8 that, we're led, that those who believe are led by the Spirit of God. It's by definition, by definition, someone who embraces Yeshua, tr truly embraces the Messiah, has God dwelling in him and her, him or her. And it's not a lot of different gods, but only one. And that's how we are organically related. That is why, in my own life, when I first became a believer, uh, I went back to school and someone told me I should go to the intervarsity meeting. So I did, and, uh, uh, and so I was there, and I met all these people, and it was kind of funny because I, you know, I didn't go to a, like a, a, a huge university like Ohio State, and, and so I kind of saw some of the people in some of my classes. Oh, you're one of those, you know? Uh, and, and so like I got to know them on a whole different level, and I, uh, and, uh, you know, because God was in me and I was in them. Uh, in the, God was in me and God was in them, that's what I'm trying to say, yeah. And then school was over. And then I went somewhere else and I was with other people in another city. Now, I kind of, you know, I was uh, sad because of those personal relationships. But I soon realized that I could have this level of fellowship with those people because God was in them and he was in me. See? And, uh, and then uh, that ended and I came and lived in another city. And it was about five or six of these cities. Uh, and uh, different people, 
Relationships stick, relationships go, but God dwelling in me and God dwelling in, in you stays there. And so uh, we have this spiritual uh, relationship. It is organic. It's not just in our heads. Okay? So that's what we learn. Uh, that's what we learn here. So Messiah's community is a single community expressed in diverse forms within the Jewish community and among the nations. We're all called to a dedicated life of worship, neighborly service, and public testimony to Yeshua. Unity and love throughout the entire community uh, confirm Yeshua's role as the one who sent, who sent by the Father and God's purpose in Messiah for Israel and the nations. Basically, uh, what all of that says uh, is, is that no matter who we are, whether it's Beth Messiah or some congregation over here or, or over there, we all are called to this life of uh, testimony, of servanthood, uh, and of worship, uh, and, and all of it testifies of who Yeshua is. And so that is, uh, 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 that is very important. So uh, on a universal level, that is what we are called to be and to do, right? So there's a real testimony in maintaining different identities, but demonstrating that I can be who I am and love you over here. When in the natural we would never have anything to do with each other. See, that is a marvelous testimony. And so uh, we are all called uh, as a community to a, life of, uh, to a life of faith, okay? Uh, then, you know, basically the, this next paragraph simply goes on to say that uh, within our community, uh, we are called... Uh, to a, a life of you know of relationship where we're encouraged and trained and discipled. So let me just say this that you know making disciples is what Yeshua told us to do in Matthew chapter 28, right? Go and make disciples. Uh, and uh, here we certainly do believe in discipleship, of mentoring. We like to use different terms these days. You know, mentoring, spiritual mentoring, spiritual discipleship. It's very important that we be a community that's in the Word of God, that, that we understand what we believe, uh, and that we are engaged in a, a spiritually disciplined life, and that we uh, learn how to make um, you know, right choices uh, in our lives. Uh, it's important that we, as a messianic uh, uh, community, uh, live as such, that we embrace some kind of level of identifying either as Jewish people or with the Jewish community. Uh, like I was saying, that when you are out in the marketplace and you um, uh, say you're from Beth Messiah, then everything you say is a reflection of Beth Messiah. And, and so, therefore, it's important that uh, everyone I hear, especially if you identify as part of this congregation, uh, you know, to understand the basics of Jewish life and the uh, life cycle and holidays and, you know, and, and, things, uh, and things of that nature. 
Uh, and that's what it means here when it says families and messianic Jewish congregations should be strengthened and established in their Jewish calling to covenant life. So that there's some kind of continuity. It's not like Beth Messiah is just this little island. You know what I mean? But there's some kind of continuity uh, in, uh, in life. Okay? And um, uh, then uh, uh, finally, I'll just say this, that... Uh, uh, you know, we are also engaged uh, in the, as it says, the last thing it says here, uh, connecting um, Messianic Jewish congregations are called to connect in Messianic Jewish associations, where they will find mutual enrichment and accountability. <clears throat> so Beth Messiah is certainly a part of the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations, and we encourage people to attend any we encourage people to attend the Messiah Conference in Pennsylvania or the UMJC uh, uh, Conference. And uh, I am happy to say that Beth Messiah, uh, uh, you know, two past presidents of the UMJC are from Beth Messiah. The chair of the education community currently is from Beth Messiah. There are two members of Beth Messiah who serve on the steering committee uh, and uh, others who participate uh, in you know, in the conference and leading seminars and all that. But I will say this, what is the most important part of that um, UMJC conference? And I will tell you something. I will say that I think that the reason, one of the main reasons that I have a son who lives in Israel and loves the Lord, and I have a daughter who uh, married, a, you know, another, a Jewish believer and certainly is, you know, committed to the Lord, committed to a messianic life, and I have another son uh, who's committed to this congregation uh, and has a self-understanding of being Jewish, is from going to those conferences. From going to those conferences. Do not underestimate the power of these conferences. When we have a, 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 a place where you have people, kids that are having the same kind of experience uh, and you see sort of like a critical mass you know, in, a, in that kind of atmosphere, what it does, it builds self-identity. It's kind of like looking in a mirror. It's very powerful. And I'll say that for all of us, it's powerful. It uh, helps solidify who we are and our vision and, and all of that. So that's why it's important for us to be involved in Messianic Jewish associations where we find mutual enrichment and accountability. So, that helps us, I think, to understand a little bit about uh, that uh, the fact of who we are and our relationships, uh, you know, outside of uh, uh, Beth Messiah. And uh, just in, in closing, as I uh, alluded to, this is a time of year when a lot of these ethnic distinctions really come out, uh, right? And so at Beth Messiah, we don't uh, celebrate Christmas. We believe in the birth, the miraculous birth of Yeshua. Uh, we believe in uh, everything that the scripture says uh, about him, uh, but we don't participate in traditions that uh, uh, are not uh, symbols of Jewish identity. Boom. Uh, that kind of puts it on a very basic level. It's not like some, uh, uh, something you have to aspire to maybe get the knowledge of, right? Uh, and that's, uh, and that's the, as we say, the ganze Geschichte, right? All right. So uh, let us pray and let us be thankful that 
just as uh, we read in the book of Acts <clears throat> that uh, God has raised up people of all different kinds to know him and to embrace him, may we all be able to demonstrate uh, unity uh, within our own identity. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you, uh, God, for this important statement that it's important for us to maintain a Jewish identity at Beth Messiah, Lord. And we thank you, God, for, uh, for everyone who's here, uh, Jewish or Gentile, who have said, I want to be part of this. And within this framework and culture and context, and Lord, we thank you, God, for our brothers and sisters here in Columbus and around the world who demonstrate in varieties of ways uh, the good news of Messiah. And so, Lord, we do pray, God, that regardless of whether it's in my neighborhood or another neighborhood, Lord, we pray that the name of Yeshua would be glorified and demonstrated in ways that would draw all people unto you. For, Lord, that is indeed your desire. Lord, we pray that at Beth Messiah, Lord, in our neighborhood, that we would draw our Jewish people, Lord, to saving faith in Messiah. And Lord, we pray for the varieties of churches and congregations in our community, that they would reach their neighborhood and, and, and people that they come into contact with, Lord, uh, so that people would know uh, the Messiah. Lord, we live in a world that is so destitute uh, of, of light. Lord, that as we approach Hanukkah, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the feast of light, the festival of lights, Lord, may Yeshua, our Messiah, truly be demonstrated as the light of the world. And we pray in Messiah's name.